With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. In New York, it's goodbye to Airbnb and hello to a black market for rentals. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. As recently as August, Airbnb was doing brisk business in New York City, with more than 22,000 listings there. Two months and a citywide crackdown later, that number has fallen to just above 3,000, a decrease of more than 80%. Local Law 18 took effect last month and requires hosts of short-term rentals on Airbnb and similar sites to register with the city and live in the property they're renting out. It also limits the number of guests per booking to two people. Supporters say it'll improve safety for guests and ease pressure on the city's hot housing market. Airbnb calls it a de facto ban. Amanda Hoover, a staff writer at Wired who's been following the fallout, says Local Law 18 has prompted people to use other routes to find a place. What I've seen is that people are moving to places like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace or different Facebook page groups and either asking for short-term rentals or listing them. You know, you see some people saying, is there anywhere I can stay for this week in November? And maybe somebody comments and says, yes, I have a place. You see listings on Craigslist that if you search, you know, Airbnb, you have people literally writing, this is not a sublet. This is an Airbnb. Um, There's also a website called Howfi where I've seen a lot of people that are listing properties that are formerly are also listed on Airbnb. And this platform doesn't process payments. It allows people to connect with hosts directly to pay them in other ways. So what all of that does is it shows that there is still this short-term rental market happening in New York City, but now it will be happening without some of the protections provided by Airbnb. Yeah. Talk to me more about that. What, what are some of the issues with these listings moving to those platforms, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and some of the other sites that you mentioned? Yeah. And these platforms, you know, it wasn't always perfect. There have been dangerous things that have happened when people have stayed in Airbnbs, but there's there's some insurance around your booking. You know, the idea that these are verified or that if something goes wrong, you know, you can get your money back. If you just Venmo somebody, you know, across the internet with the hope that when you show up at some Craigslist apartment in a month, you know, it'll be there, there'll be the keys. 
Um, it might not be. Uh, as well, you know, Airbnb was trying to do more identity verification, uh, trying to even do more background checks. It wasn't a perfect system, but that's now gone unless these people really want to try to do that on their own and try to trust that the person on the other end of the transaction is, you know, who they say they are. Uh, it's it's just much more difficult. And so over time, we might start to see some issues. So why did New York City enact this ordinance? Yeah, there's there's kind of two things at play here. Um, one is rental affordability, which in New York City is not good. You know, we saw in during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic that a lot of people left the city and rents really dropped, but that was an outlier. You know, mostly rents have been increasing a lot in New York City. There's housing shortages. A lot of people are really rent burdened, facing housing insecurity. So there's the idea that people are listing full apartments that could go to actual full-time New Yorkers on places like Airbnb or VRBO or Booking.com. And that's taking away from some of the housing supply. You know, that's one argument. The other is that the city says that there were a lot of complaints from, you know, residents living near short-term rentals. Uh, We see that they bring parties, noise, trash, sometimes even shootings happen. Both arguments really are ones we see around the country and around the world um, when local communities are kind of pushing back against how popular short-term renting has become. We'll be right back with more on how Airbnb is responding to New York's crackdown on the company's operations there and how other cities are approaching restrictions of their own. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. We're back with Amanda Hoover, staff writer at Wired. Let's talk about Airbnb's response. CEO Brian Chesky was just asked about New York, and he told the travel website Skift that he expects hotel prices there will be higher next year, and so will rents. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. And the reason why is because a lot of New Yorkers were actually, turns out, pretty regular, ordinary people that were dependent on Airbnb to pay their rent or mortgage. So I'm saddened. I'm disappointed. I wonder from you, does the data that we have back up what he just said about, especially on the rental front, that, you know, people are depending on this to pay their rent, to pay their mortgage? Yeah, that's something that I personally have not seen a lot of hard data on. It's a lot of anecdotal stories. I've talked to people and to hosts that have either done this to help pay their mortgage, or if they had some extenuating circumstance that took them away from their property, they were able to keep their apartment by doing this until they were, you know, ready to come back. Uh, as far as will they get more expensive over time, we we see New York rents just rising. You know, any New Yorker will tell you it's a scary time when you're when the leases come around that rent could go up unless you're in a protected uh, rent-controlled situation. We saw a lot of people facing really high rent spikes after the the height of the COVID pandemic was ending and people were ready to return back to New York City. So I think it's a little hard to parse out when there's so many different things affecting rents in New York. But it's significant because this has been, I mean, for a decade now, has been such a key part of Airbnb's messaging to the public is that this is something that helps people make it through the month, you know, make it through their rental payment, make it through paying their mortgage. I remember commercials back in 2012, 2013, I feel like that were advertising that message. Yeah. And I've spoken to people that that they say that that really is their situation. And then we see the other side of this where you have people who 
go to landlords, sign leases, and then fully list the places on Airbnb. They call it Airbnb arbitrage. So (laughs) you see such a mix of the people. And they say they're making, you know, uh, like 50 grand a month once they get a couple of these going. So you see such a mix in the use cases by hosts and what they're able to to bring in. I think one thing that's important to note about the numbers, um, we've seen short-term listings on Airbnb drop by about 80%. So that feels like a lot or seems like a lot. Many of those may have gone to uh, longer-term rentals. Some of them might just be gone. Um, but when you think about New York City as a city of 8 million people, the housing affordability crisis is not solely hinging on these 18,000 you know, units of apartments. There's a lot of other issues going on with housing affordability. So it is a little hard to predict how we might see the impact of this. And New York is hardly the only place cracking down on Airbnb right now. What are some approaches that we've seen in other cities? Yeah, and that that's one of the things that's really interesting about following this. There's such a patchwork approach to ways to try to regulate short-term rentals. Um, you see some cities saying you can rent out your entire apartment, but only for a limited number of days per year, you know, maybe 90, maybe 120. Um, that's a bit more lenient than these New York regulations in some ways. You see other places limiting regions that they can be in. In Arlington, Texas, they were really dealing with a lot of Airbnbs. You know, that's right near the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. So they've zoned things a bit differently that short-term rentals can be near the entertainment district and not in more residential areas. You've seen some cities just really trying to get like a grip on this by requiring registrations. And so they can try to like better track everything that's going on. So it really is very, very different depending on what city hosts are operating in, which also gives these platforms like a lot of different rules and regulations to contend with. That was Amanda Hoover, staff writer at Wired. Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky isn't the only person predicting that hotel prices will rise in response to the company's forced retreat in New York. But while Local Law 18 took effect in early September, it might take a few more months before we understand its true impact. Airbnb is allowing pre-existing reservations, made as recently as this summer, to remain in effect through December 1st. Until then, at least, the money will continue to flow. All eyes will be on New York this holiday tourist season. I'm old enough to remember a time before Airbnb. What some call a black market is to others just the way we did things back in the day, whether it's scouring, yes, Craigslist, or relying on word of mouth to find a place to stay. Property owners doing the renting haven't loved the adjustment, but in the words of one who spoke to New York Public Radio's website Gothamist, New Yorkers always find a way. We've posted links to all of that and Amanda's recent article in Wired on our website, marketplacetech.org. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.